Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Work. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscaristy Podcast. Sure, we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching The Defiant Ones, a story of two escaped convicts, one black and one white, who are chained at the wrist as they traverse the segregated South. They must learn to work together to survive. And is this everybody's first time seeing The Defiant One? Yes. No. No, for me, Zach, do you remember the first time you saw The Defiant? May 2nd, 2021. We were uh, covering Best Picture for the year, I believe, and it was nominated, so I watched it. Ooh, how exciting. Yes. Uh, Myself, personally, uh, one year I had Turner Classic Movies. I Mm. think this might have been around like 2006 or 7, and... I DVR'd a bunch of Sidney Poitier films because they were celebrating his birthday for the month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched a whole bunch of his movies, like Lilies of the Field, which I knew mm-hmm. he had won Best Actor for, and this, and uh, Bingo Long's Traveling All-Stars, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah. Uh, then I rewatched it for uh, when we covered the Best Picture winner in the week that you just said. Yes. Nice. So I've seen it a couple of times. So this was a nice rewatch mm-hmm. of a rewatch. All right. Uh, speaking of the movie that won Best Picture, we're going to do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Which, of course, I will discuss that in a second because this is Best Story and Screenplay written directly for the screen. Too many words. Too many words. Buying Ones wins, giving Harold Jacob Smith. And Nathan E. Douglas Academy Awards. But Nathan E. Douglas is not the name of the writer. Nathan E. Douglas is a pseudonym for a blacklisted writer named Nedrick Young. Mm-hmm. So Nedrick Young uh, and Harold Jacob Smith also play the uh, the truck drivers at the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. And while they're on screen, their faces very visibly on screen, their names flash across. <laughs> nice. Nice. Pretty, pretty fun. Uh, but the Defiant Ones beats out The Goddess, written by Patty Chayefsky, Houseboat, written by Melville Shabelson, and Jack Rose. Uh, another Melville writing about a boat. Okay. Uh, the Sheepman, written by William Bowers and James Edward Grant, and Teacher's Pet, written by Faye and Michael Kanan. There you go. There you go. Uh, other awards that the Defiance won. Defiant Ones is nominated for Best Motion Picture, giving Stanley Kramer a nomination. Uh, beaten out somehow by Gigi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gigi. It is returned. Oh, no. Uh, Best Director, giving Stanley Kramer second nomination. And has been beaten out by Vincent Minnelli for Gigi. Guys, it's back. Aren't you excited? Not at all. <laughs> Yay. It is nominated for Best Actor, giving split nominations to Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier. Uh, Sidney Poitier, first black actor nominated for an uh, for the category. Oh, I, I forgot this was the first time. 
that is that it is. Well, he, he will win a couple of years later. Yes. Uh, they both lose to David Niven for separate tables. Uh, it is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, giving Theodore Bickle, a.k.a. Sheriff Max, an Academy Award nomination, who loses to Burl Ives of The Big Country, which I believe is the song from the album Big Country by Big Country. <laughs> I'm having all sorts of flashbacks. Did I make that same joke on no. the GG episode? I don't think. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Living in a big country. Stay with you. All right. Uh, it wins Best Cinematography Black and White, giving Sam Levitt an Academy Award, uh, beating out a film called I Want to Live! Exclamation point. You guys are always so quiet during this. I'm, I'm listening. Of, I, I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm, I'm soaking it all in. <laughs> I want the banter. Uh, and it's nominated for Best Film Editing, giving Frederick Knudsen an Academy Award nomination, and it loses to Gigi. What a piece of shit. Adrian Faison, the Academy Award, the win. And that is our Oscar breakdown. Wow. So, <laughs> so two wins. Two wins. All right. Good, well, let's, good, let's, good let's, let's, yeah. Let's talk about this movie. Let's, hey, let's do it. Jonathan, what'd you think? <sighs> a damn good film. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it just. <sighs> Trying to trying to describe how I feel about it. It's in the sense of it wasn't a white savior film. It wasn't no. a like it was just literally, hey, here's two criminals. One's obviously gonna have a tougher time where they're at. And and yeah, we knew the white guy was gonna warm up to the black guy, but I don't know. I just I felt like this movie just did it right. Like better than a lot of like modern films. Like, yeah. by a lot. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Green Book obviously being a uh, <laughs> perfect example of how not to fucking do that. Yeah. And, uh, like, textbook, as they would say. Right. And uh, Sidney Poitier, fucking beefy motherfucker in this movie, dude. Mm. Like, usually, I'm so used to, like, looking at him as, like, kind of a a skinnier, lankier kind of guy. And this one, he was like, he was going to fuck some dudes up. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, yeah, I, I God, I really liked this movie. It was really good. Zach. Yes. I think this, uh, straight up just saying it, it's excellent. And yeah, it, it really does a good job of not, um, doing any white savory, savory stuff. The, um, the only maybe moment is with Big Sam, but then again, not really, because it's there. There's plenty of white people that want to lynch them, and yeah. and and Joker is like, you can't lynch me. I'm a white man, and it's all it's all like there's a balance, and you find out that you know Big Sam was a, on a chain gang himself, so it's not it's not motivated by the need to save them or anything because of race. It's because of their predicament. Then then we'll get yeah, to the just, end when we get there. Just, just a man who got a taste of redemption himself wanted to give two other men a taste of redemption. Yeah, right. But no, I think it's it's wonderfully directed. It, it's got some great acting. It's got a good balance of. There's a little bit of humor there, but not like to a distracting point. And um, you know, uh, Stanley Kramer was famous for 
directing and producing a lot of what they called message films. And this was one of the early ones that he did. And it is a message film, but it's not like super duper preachy, but to the point of saying things like this in 1958, uh, it was still, you know, <laughs> controversial or provocative. And I think it did what it needed to. That's where I'm at. All right. Paul, what'd you think of this movie? I really like this movie a lot. I think it's a real shame it didn't win. At least beat Gigi for Best Picture. I don't know if it's yeah. a shame that it didn't win Best Picture, but it, it, it should have at least beaten Gigi, of mm-hmm. all things. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, this is this is a really interesting film to have come out before the fall of the Hayes Code. And, uh, you know, I, I have more thoughts about that later. But, yeah, it it's got things to say. I'm not sure that it says them all perfectly but it at least is um another podcast i listen to continuously refers to uh older movies as stepping stone films Mm -hmm. and this this was a good stepping stone film like this is one of those like all right this is this is where we were at 1957 we weren't all the way there but we're getting close yeah uh i mean but then as jonathan says we some reason in like the last decade have taken a massive step back in films like this. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Um, But this film, it's good. It's a good film. Um, Let's get into talking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That bitch was crazy. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. That lady was out of her mind. Like, yeah. Easily my favorite part of the movie was just that bitch being crazy. Like, I loved it. It was just very much like, oh, like yeah. it, it, it showed again that Joker is not a good guy, but it also was like, and it showed a little bit of that, all right, but, you know, we don't want to leave him behind, but mm, you did six me last night, and it does seem like <laughs> this might happen again. So I kind of want to lean on that side. <laughs> like, you know, they really play up into their, their separate loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like her just being by herself for the last eight months with no one, but this kid to talk to and, and yeah. him, you know, being in jail. Yeah. You gotta, um, you know, uh, on the surface, it's like, wow. Uh, why in the world would you trust this man who comes in in chains into your house and is like obviously in trouble. Um, right. But you know, loneliness is a hell of a thing, especially, you know, when you're left and abandoned and you crave that, um, you know, human connection or, you know, physical connection with another adult and, yeah, you know, and, and Tony Curtis is good looking. I was say, let's be fair. It's Tony Curtis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care who how Tony Curtis is coming in my house. I'm <laughs> probably trying to sleep with Tony Curtis. Yeah, I mean, this day and age, Sydney Poitier too, but mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, she's not that character, right? No, but the the way they twist it with her, like, um, just willing to sacrifice Cullen's character so they can get away. Because it doesn't matter that that is a very pointed statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she was willing to drop her kid off too. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. like, yeah, we'll just drop off his uncles. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, we're just gonna have a 
great time. Our four hundred dollars <laughs> doing nothing but hang, getting drunk and having sex in rehab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take my beat up ass car and get on down. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the the way they're uh, Cullen and Joker's relationship uh, progresses is incredibly believable. Um, you know, obviously Joker starts out saying the N word and he's got some obvious prejudice, uh, and, and a real fucking choice for that to be his first line too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing you hear him say on screen. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it, you, it, you watch it, 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 it was gradual. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's just kind of like, it, it, it did feel like it was very not forced. Like all of a sudden it's like he did one thing that made him a good guy to him. And now all of a sudden he likes the black guy. Like, no, it was just, you're chained to each other. Yeah. And it you, comes you about were kind of forced into it. And I think really like the, the big capper for it is that he stays once they're unchained, he could have left, mm-hmm. but yeah, he stayed there and took, care of him yeah uh, after he got sick so you know there it goes a long way right yeah i know and it's the, the audience is watching this and there it's the message is yeah okay yeah do this in society you know you white people are fucking up take a take a moment step back and uh love your brother sort of thing but yeah Right, it, and it's a gorgeous film. It, I, I'm glad it won cinematography, black and white. It was very mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. beautifully shot. There, there are some shots in this that that uh, I was happy to see the the way that Kramer uses the camera to isolate these guys or mm-hmm. make them feel smaller in certain frames. Like they look like really almost tiny dudes in the lynching scene. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, almost every, like half the guys in that room were taller than them, and yeah, earlier than them, and <laughs> yeah, and that was that was a pretty frightening situation too. Um, and like the scene where the uh, Joker and uh, the woman are talking in the barn, trying to get the car started, and you know, Colin's character comes up, and you see him in the mirror. Um, oh yeah, that I thought that was really well done. It's like oh, got a little chills up my spine. Like he's standing there, he knows what you're saying. And that that shot of when they they cut before, you know, the sex scene. Mm. And he's like animalistically like grabbing the back of her head. <laughs> Yo, I was like <laughs> that that was uh <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. pretty provocative. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like kind of visually playing the movies somewhat back through my head and thinking about things, working up to the ending, which I think is, you know, a big statement and where we really buck the white savior thing because we mm-hmm. have, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say black savior, but, but <laughs> I mean, he sacrifices himself when he doesn't have to. If Yeah, if anything, like the... <laughs> all the white guys just drag him down. Like he could have been on that train and gone. Right. You know, if, if he, he would have been just fine. If, uh, if Tony Curtis would have just gone to Rio with the crazy late. Probably so. They, he may, he made it through that swamp just fine. Not like mm. Tony Curtis had a map or anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so both of them could have been living their best lives, but 
Tony Curtis decided to be a hero and his his attempted white saviorism just puts them both back in jail. <laughs> do, you, do you think that was a Hayes Code thing or was that? Um, I think that's absolutely a Hayes Code thing, which is why yeah. I said we're going to bring that back up. Because, I mean, they're both yeah. they escape from prison, which is a crime unto itself. Yeah. So yeah. you can't have two prisoners going off and leading a, a nice life somewhere else, him and Poitier in Ohio and uh, Tony Curtis down in Rio. Yeah. 1957's not going to stand for that. Right. Even though the film does state that, you know, Poitier's uh, charges are kind of bullshit just because he what, offended a white man or something. I mean, defended himself against yeah, bullshit. Abs- yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's a statement, but at the same time, again, he's right. escaped. I'm not saying that these right, two right. men shouldn't be having their best life. I, I, yeah. I just want to put that out there. I think both these men should have escaped and been living happy lives uh, because uh, because the prison industrial complex in this country is bullshit. And the 13th Amendment right. is a piece of shit yep. um, for how it snuck in the prison industrial complex. Yay. Getting things half right. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I absolutely think that 1957 the Hayes Code kept kept that ending from happening. Yeah, yeah. Much like with the Lavender Hill mob, where they <laughs> wanted to sell it in America, and they were like, "These criminals could have gotten away, but we want to sell it in America." No. <laughs> These criminals should have gotten away. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned Lavender Hill mob because I think both, despite you know sucking having to have the Hayes Code. Um, they both really handled it well within the parameters of it. Yeah, and you know, so there's a there's a uh, a piece from James Baldwin from around this time in which he states that he didn't appreciate the ending of this film because it felt like the black character having to give these two white characters grace and yeah, letting yeah. letting them off the hook for their wrongs. Right. Absolutely. And I don't disagree with him on that. Sure. But at, but at the same time, <laughs> I understand the parameters we're working with, and uh, I think it, it does well with the parameters. Yeah. I was looking at the, oops, let's see, the, the list of remakes and parodies. And there was oh, yeah. a stand-up <laughs> comic, Godfrey Cambridge, had a, a LP that he put out uh, six years later parroting the final scene so that Cullen makes it on the train and he yells, bye baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Nope. Go ahead. uh, uh, We we got to talk about Sheriff Max and the political underpinnings of this film. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yes. Uh, How it's an election year and Mm. he's trying to, walk the fence of being a humane individual while not looking weak on crime, quote unquote. (sighs) And how he continuously is like giving, giving ground to these, this racist mob, Mm -hmm. including alfalfa from the original little rascals. (laughs) The guy who keeps turning on the radio. Uh, nice. He keeps he keeps giving all this ground to this racist mob because you know he's he got to get them votes. Yeah, it's pretty clever. I mean, the way it's written, 
Mm-hmm. And I do like, you know, um, that one group's like, oh, we've been out hunting rabbits. You know, it's the same as that. And he's like, human beings and rabbits the same, huh? They're not. No. They're just not. <laughs> um, I was looking briefly at... Do, 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 click, click. Like Nedrick Young. He was blacklisted because he refused to confirm or deny membership of the Communist Party. So he pleaded the fifth pleaded and the fifth. got him blacklisted. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, good thing that Constitution is there to protect him. <laughs> Constitutional rights. I was looking at some of his filmography. Aladdin's Aladdin and his lamp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jailhouse Rock. No. Yeah. Interesting. This looks like this was his, at least his critical peak. Yeah. That, I mean, they do him and the other writer on this, uh, right in hair at the wind a couple of years later. Okay. I haven't which, seen that. Which is the film about the scopes monkey trial. So they're, they're all over this. Oh, that's a, that's a great, movie slash play you should you should give that one a watch i think you'd really enjoy that okay do 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 anything else you got on them no i was just kind of browsing i'll write that down oh. inherit the wind all right well gents any uh, additional notes everybody enjoy lon cheney jr in this film as uh the the guy who gets them out of the the lynching yeah yes yeah. The Wolfman himself? Yes. Knew I knew him for some reason. That's probably because you saw him walking with Queen doing the Werewolves of London. Very nice. Yeah, there was... I mean, this... this uh, The acting in this movie was, I think, great on all parts. Yeah. There was, was a character that I don't think was not, like, <clears throat> not well done. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this film, it was just another one of those really good films hard to talk about kind of things like every, mm-hmm. every, everything i don't know just it, i think all points were great in this film yeah they were so like i said i was a moment ago where i was like trying to play back the movie because i'm trying to think of things because everything's just good it's well done it's well made well edited well acted well written and um very good um there was also a worth a mention the reference in red dead redemption 2 uh I remember back when I was playing the game, there's uh, two chain convicts named Mr. White and Mr. Black. And they, um, you have the option of either turning them in and getting a uh, you know, bounty for them or helping them escape. And because I'm not a narc, I help them escape. Nice. Well done. Well Hooray. done indeed. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess now is where I say Paul. You trying to find out if this is in the National Film Registry? Yeah. Oh, it did the reset again. God damn it. Damn well, you, how reset. About, how about you tell me if you think it's in and what year you think it got in if you think it's in while I try to find out where it is. I think it is. I, th- I feel like it should be. Yes. Um, But if it is... Uh, <laughs> 2001. I'd say 98 for its 40th anniversary. It is not it. Oh. Whoa. That's I, that's some shenanigans, honestly. 
this is very much shenanigans because there are very few films from 1958 that are in. Hmm. Uh, and I can read them all to you right now. Because it is the very deserving The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. It is the very deserving Vertigo. Oh, yes. It is the very deserving Touch of Evil. Oh. It is a movie, which is a short subject experimental film. And Gigi. What the fuck? You got you got to think of how beloved this film is. And I'm sure you guys were shocked when I told you in... Uh, uh, two years ago when we watched Gigi <laughs> that Gigi got it in 1991. So it was a third uh, class. I can't, I can't <laughs> remember why. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, pretty weak guys. Uh, let's so. get the defiant ones in. Yep. Do better. Absolutely. Do better. Do best. Yes. Do best. Mish. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our worsty judgments. And Zach. Hi. Does this film deserve best original screenplay? You know, I was looking at these other movies uh, in the category, and I didn't have a whole lot of time this week, so it kind of sounds snotty to say, but I was like, uh... I don't think any of these really stand a chance against the Defiant Ones, so I didn't make a concerted effort to watch any of them. So this is the only one in the category I've seen. Um, It's funny enough, even though obviously adapted, the only two movies I have ranked higher on my Critiker rankings for the year are Vertigo and Touch of Evil, but of course, adapted. So I believe this deserved Best Original Screenplay. Absolutely. I'm going to agree with you. I did not watch any of the other films. Because I'm a filthy casual and kind of the worst. But, yeah, no, I mean, they just... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, I actually did want to watch The Sheep Man. Or Sheepman, <laughs> Sheep Man. Sure. Uh, for personal reasons. With Leslie Nielsen? My uh, history is a sheep man. Oh. I thought and I Leslie thought Nielsen, that too. I saw it was like a comedy <laughs> western. I was like, "Oh, Leslie Nielsen." Oh, and oh, you want to watch this movie starring your your favorite, Mister Magoo? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as I look up at my bags of wool on my shelf here, I'm reminded of um, I took a bag of wool to school with me ninth grade when I got back from working on the farm because I was like, "Oh, I'll show people that I had." This wool, I went to the farm, they'll think it's cool. But no, they started calling me Sheep Boy because I had wool. So that's a whole thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine, Sheep Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, this movie should have won. I mean, comparative, comparative to the winner should have won Best Motion Picture mm-hmm. of the two that I've seen so far. So I can two years later have a little bit more depth and to talk about that topic, but it, this was a, just a phenomenally written film. So yeah, I think it definitely deserved it. Mr. Workman. Um, I just not been getting around watching movies recently and I feel shitty about it. It's not like I don't have time. I don't do anything anymore. I just work and come home and play Pokemon go. 
Um, so I should I should be watching these movies, and each of these movies sounds amazing. Uh, I want to watch this Patty Chayefsky movie, The Goddess. It's got Lloyd Bridges in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I did look at it, uh, and I love Patty Chayefsky, so I want to watch that. Patty Chayefsky, if you look at his picture on Wikipedia, looks looks like a film writer. <laughs> he does. Like if I were to say describe a film writer to me, you would you would describe Patty Chayefsky. I want to watch Houseboat because Cary Grant and Sophia Loren. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of steam on the screen. Yeah, got a Sam Cooke song in it called Bing Bang Bong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. Yep. Uh, I want to watch Sheepman because uh, Glenn Ford, Shirley MacLaine, Leslie Nielsen. That's a great top three. I, I'm trying to watch that. Yeah. Uh, and, and Teacher's Pet. It's a romantic comedy with Clark Gable at Doors Day. Like, yep. Sign me up. But uh, yeah, this this film's really well written. This is just a good film, and I I like it a lot, and I am happy that it won. So yes, excellent. All right. Well, Zach, mm-hmm. is this the worst best original screenplay? Not at all. I think it's uh, strong and it covers topics that are important. It may not go as deep as it could in some of the conversations that they had or in some of the stuff covered. But I gave it the Zach, you know, a four and a half star. Um, and I have it at my number five. All right. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's not the worst. I have it at my number four. Ooh. Ooh. Couldn't couldn't get over the great McGinty, but it definitely uh hit the other walls pretty easily. Uh, I think when it comes to well written <clears throat> films, this is I it, it's pretty close to beating the great McGinty. It's it, like I, I think the great McGinty is just a film that I enjoyed more. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to just go like based off of the script. Or you know how the movie was written. Uh, I think the Defiant Ones is probably a better written film. Um, so yeah, I don't know. This could this might be one of those ones where it's like Paul, where it might kind of flip at a later date. But right now, it is definitely sitting pretty pretty firm where it's at. So, Paul, we catch you mid yawn. Mm-hmm. I'm a tie tie boy. I get yeah. it. Do you think this is the worst best original screenplay? I absolutely do not. I think this is a really well-written film. I think I just said that. I'm very tired, so I'm repeating myself now. Um, this, this is such a good watch. It's entertaining, and it has something to say. And you don't get a whole lot of that. Right. So um, I also gave this the Zach zacked it so hard and uh i have it at my number seven Mm. because unfortunately i have six paul rated films Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. my number six is lavender hill you know what i'm gonna do something and this is gonna shock everybody and it's gonna shock no one at the exact same time I moved Lavender Hill Mob up to number five, and I put Marie Louise down at number six. Ooh, God damn it. I, the more I think about that film, the more I just love it. It might sneak <laughs> up over Red Balloon soon. Who knows? 
Stay tuned. Nice. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikToks, and on Letterboxd at Altorrent underscore Occam. I watched nothing. Not a goddamn thing all freaking week. <laughs> I don't, you know, even if I think I watch a TV show, you know, actually I did. I started watching Raising Hope again. That show was adorable. Oh, the, the one with Garrett Dillahunt raising a baby? Yeah. Hmm. It's one of those, like, shows i know me and the wife like so we just popped it on so we watched nice. a bit of that that's about all we watched though i uh i just finished up a list of 2023 movies that are out and coming out that i'm going to watch this year i'm going Red. to have my biggest year of films that i've watched from that year you watch like nine movies <laughs> i am already at nine movies uh, i'm coming elizabeth <laughs> Shocking! I have a total of. Let me look here. Where did I put the list? I just made the list and I lost the list. Oh no! You put it in a bottle. Put it in your bottle. Please don't. Too dry. There it is. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Excuse me. 26 more films I want to watch for this year. That so far. And that's just by achievable. sight. Just what I just going through the list. These are the films I need to watch. And that's not including anything that's like, hey, you need to see this movie. It was on nobody's radar. So. You, you need to shoot me that list so <clears throat> I can try to assist you in this. Yes. Indeed. I mean, it, like copy, copy and paste it right, right. now. Send it right to now. Me. Okay, I'm <laughs> right now. Right now, I'm just I'm gonna post it on on our little thing here. Okay, boing. Trav's, Trav's gonna be so jealous because he's always asking me for movies, and I think I get like seventy five percent of them. That's not Which, a bad turnaround. A lot of these are things that obviously I can see pretty easily if it's not already achievable. Mm -hmm. So. But yeah, achievable dream. But Zach, where can we find you, sir? Um, I'm in hiding. I'm gone. No, you can find me on Twitter, Zach Master X A K K M E S T E R TikTok House Havoc Letterbox by searching my name. Uh, yeah, I had a super busy week. Didn't watch any other movies. Only thing I watched. Paul, we didn't start Boardwalk Empire yet. Because <laughs> uh, Caitlin's in, you know, that fantasy mood. So we watched the first episode of uh, House of Dragon, finally. And I will tell you, I can watch battle all day long. People get their heads smashed, arms chopped off. But there's a scene in that episode that's haunting me. Is it Doctor Who clapping cheeks? <laughs> no, that was kind of... Because that, 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 that scene was just like, I don't know if I want to watch this right uh, now. I was, like, I was like, what's wrong with his uh, mechanics? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but no. You know. I'll just say, you know, it's something Caitlin went through three times, and if it weren't for modern, modern medicine, she would be dead. So it really hit me. Um, so there you go. Mr. Workman. Yes. 
Ooh, before you jump into him, I did remember. I started watching the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, how far are you in that now? Two fucking seasons in two days. <laughs> I, I told you you were going to just... Nice. I still don't like around. Danny McBride, but fuck that show is good. <laughs> Sweet. But yes. Paul Workman, where are you? Uh, I'm at um, the things that I do, the shark dress men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I do all sorts of shark related content. And at Father of the Fear on Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films I watch. And again, I didn't watch really any movies this week except for Pokemon the Movie 2000. Which, of course, has the best song ever written for any Pokemon ever. Which one's that? Weird Al Yankovic's Pokemon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Was, um, that the, was that the first Pokemon movie? No, the first the Pokemon one? movie is... is uh, the first Pokemon movie is the Pokemon movie, I believe. Okay. It's called... Hold on. I can, I can actually look this up real fast. Because, you know... Mm-hmm. Stuff. Maybe not. I thought I had. Pokemon. That's why it's the Pokemon. I think it's called Pokemon the first movie. I I think you might be right. <laughs> Fast and Furious um, could learn something. Yeah. So well, there's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon the first movie or uh the su- one subtitle for it in a different language is Mewtwo Strikes Back, which is why mm. they when they redid it in 3D on Netflix, they called it Mewtwo Strikes Back. Um, so yeah, uh, Pocket Monsters, first movie. Uh, but I watched Pocket Monsters, the movie 2000, which I like. I don't like it as much as the first movie. I, I, I um, like the uh, the the foreign sub uh, subtitle for it is uh, Lugia, Lugia's Explosive Birth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm telling Leanne this all the time. I, I look up stuff on Pokemon websites and like the the names of the episodes are amazing. Mm. They'll just be like they'll just be like Pikachu is doing wow everything is exploding. Don't you love it? And that's like the name <laughs> of the episode. There's like a billion fucking exclamation points and then <laughs> and then they'll the the Americans will name it will be like let me get a Pikachu. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the one with the Pikachu. It was right there in front of you, and you just <laughs> let it go. <laughs> we had just got the pun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Yes. That's it. That's that's all I watched. Uh, we started watching the second season of Bar Flag Means Death. That show fucking rules. That's on the list as well. Yeah. And it's super wonderfully gay. I love it. Yeah. I'm really getting in a lot of gay stuff lately. Yeah, get the gay stuff. <laughs> <laughs> For those at home, I'm the penis's touch. Yes. Docking station. <laughs> That's correct. Our, uh, everybody's favorite 80s metal band, Docking. <laughs> Right, I just made <laughs> I just I just made Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors a better movie. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. God. 
Uh, Zach, what are we watching next week? I got a couple of docking tapes around here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> we are watching a movie called Pillow Talk, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Redbox, Voodoo, or YouTube. Looking forward to this. Me too. All right. Well, with that, we like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up and Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. We like to thank nobody else because <laughs> uh, I don't have that written down in my script. I'm rubbing my oh. eye. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscarsity Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the all. Almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm, folks. Hopefully, you're listening to this episode while you're in bed, comfy, and joining us for preparation for slumber on Oscar Worthy Pod for sleeping. Sleep Pod. Five stars. Five stars. It's really just the three of us sleeping. You can hear my sleep happening. So for John and Zach and uh, the Hollywood Blacklist for not existing anymore, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>